copies, O copies, O copies, O copies, O copies, O copies, O copies. Hello, I'm John Rossi. I'm a touring drummer with a passion for animal conservation. When I'm on the road, I spend as much time as possible visiting zoos, aquariums, and conservation organizations. Now, I want to share those places with you. I'll be talking to keepers, vets, conservationists, anyone who can help me in my mission of connecting my people to animals through their people. Join me on my raw safari. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Rasafari Podcast. Y'all, one of my goals with the podcast has been to talk to not only people from as many different facilities as possible, but in as many different positions at those facilities as possible. And uh, that leads us directly to today's episode. So if you listen to our weekly Zoo News episodes, and if you don't, then get on that ish, because that is some good content, you know, if I do say so myself. Um, but yeah, if, if you listen to our weekly Zoo News episodes, then you know that people contribute stories, and um, literally every week, I think, since she discovered it, one of the names that I have said at the end who contributes to Zoo News is Colleen Lenahan. You have heard me say that name dozens and dozens of times. And now she is my guest on the non-Zoo News version of Raw Safari because Colleen Lenahan works at the Akron Zoo and she is the buyer for the gift shop and all kinds of other stuff. I'll let her explain her position to you. But as we became friends and started talking about what her job is at the gift shop, I could not help but think, wow. This is interesting, and um, there, there's more to it than any of you might think, and also there's a lot more animal stuff than anyone might expect. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about all of that with Colleen. Well, actually, that's a lie. I already talked to Colleen about that, uh, and also bring that to you. She's also on the social media team, so there, there was actually quite a good bit to talk about, and um, it's a lot of fun. Now, if you follow along on social media, and if you don't, boo, at uh, Safari on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at Pod on TikTok, then you'll know that there has been a long-running joke um, on every time I do one of the NGL's anonymous question type things, or, or sometimes other things, where I basically uh, get anonymous questions or comments about Okapi and then deny that they exist and say that they're a fictional animal and that I've never heard of them and and all of that. And if you haven't caught on to this fact yet, that is because Okapi are Colleen Lenahan's favorite animal. And even though the Akron Zoo doesn't have an Okapi, they actually secretly kind of do. And uh, we talk about that in the podcast as well. That also explains the cold open if uh, if that was confusing to you. But uh, it's just kind of a, a nice little playoff of our whole Okapi joke that we have running. So, uh, yeah, I love Colleen. This was so cool. It was such a, a fun opportunity to sit and talk about how gift shops work and how they matter for the animals and for increasing awareness and the love of an animal and um, and and help with the, the cost of taking care of animals. Gift shops matter, and it's really cool to hear how some of this works. 
But maybe, just maybe, instead of me talking about what you're going to hear more, I should let you hear it. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Colleen Lenahan of the Akron Zoo. All right, so, um, hi. Hello. Uh, I'm talking to you today, and before I have you introduce yourself, I wanted to ask a pre-introduction question. Okay. Would you agree with me that you are the person at this facility that takes care of the most animals of anyone? Now, here's the thing. I'm counting plushes. Oh, well, there you so go. So I'm right, aren't absolutely. I? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> so let's get to the question. Take care uh, of a lot of humans, too, so. Oh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know? that's fair. All right. So um, tell me who you are, where we are, and what you do here. Uh, my name is Colleen Lenahan. I am the gift shop buyer and supervisor at the Akron Zoo. And so I buy all the plush. Amazing. I also buy all the plush, but in a different <laughs> way. Um, it's a problem. So, okay. So, yeah, this is going to be a little different than our, our normal episodes. Um, but for those of you listening, don't bail. There are some animal stories, but also you're going to be shocked at what goes into working at and buying for a gift shop at a zoo. Um, the idea behind this episode came to me when you messaged me about a snow leopard, right? So even though you work in a gift shop, let's start off by talking about that experience. Tell me all about that. Oh, well, so you wouldn't think that working in a gift shop, you get to work with animals. But um, so as part of being a supervisor, I am also guest chief. So we, the supervisors and guest experience take turns being guest chiefs to help with any problem that comes up throughout the day with guests if guests need you know, if there's an injury or somebody needs help. So my very first day as guest chief, I get a radio call from the animal chief. And I am told that I need to come down to the snow leopard habitat to help move a snow leopard. (laughs) So, okay. I did not know what that entailed because I am the gift shop buyer, not a (laughs) snow leopard keeper. Um, So I did go down to see what he needed. And what I needed to do was to direct traffic. They were had a vehicle on, on the grounds. They were moving our new snow leopard, Mila, from her the hospital where she was in quarantine into her habitat. And I just needed to make sure guests stayed, you know, stayed away from the vehicle. But yes, I did help move a snow leopard. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Absolutely, you did. And that was that was so cool. That's such a, you know, like you said, you wouldn't think that that would be your experience. experience right. And then your first day doing the thing. Yes. There you are with the snow <laughs> leopard. Yes, I love it so much. Um, and so, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about your history. So what got you to the Akron Zoo? Um, well, I worked in box retail for uh, 20 years. I'm originally from New Jersey. And five years ago, I moved to New Jersey with my company to help open all their Ohio stores. And I ran a store in Ohio. I'm closer to Cleveland. And it was all well and good. And then... Um, right before COVID, before the pandemic, the company decided to close up shop. And here I was in Ohio. Um, my very favorite thing to do when I'm not at work is to visit zoos. And I have had AZA memberships to, um, the Bronx Zoo, the Turtleback Zoo, which is my home zoo. And then all the zoos here in Ohio. So after, you know, the pandemic hit, I was having a hard time finding a job and very difficult. And I also just didn't think I could go back into box retail. It is a lot. It's it's a lot of hours. It's, I just wanted to do something where 
it may, I was making a difference. Yeah, you know, I wanted my work, my hard work and efforts to go to a good cause, not into a CEO's pocket. Um, so I was struggling with that. I had a conversation with my nephew who just very flippantly said, you know, you're always going to the zoo. You should just work at a zoo. And I was <laughs> like, I can't be a zookeeper. But that got us looking at, at, at places that are hiring. What could I do at a zoo? Um, and I love the Akron Zoo. And I saw they were looking actually for a guest experience position. I'm like, well, I can do that. I have that experience. I came in and interviewed and I thought it went well. I was home for a day or two waiting to hear from them. And they called me and they're like, actually, we had this other job as the gift shop buyer that just opened up. Would you be interested in that? Came back for an interview. They called me before I got home. (laughs) And so here I am. That's awesome. I love that so much. Very cool. And um, I'm curious what exactly it entails to be a buyer. The buyer, I just need to locate, you know, different plush. I need to find plush of the animals that we carry in the zoo. Um, and then other toys and things of interest. We also look for some stuff that is sustainable and free trade. Like most of our plush, um, is made of recyclable, recyclable materials. Um, so it, it just goes about we reaching out to different companies, different sales reps, building that, that relationship. Um, there are trade shows that I go to occasionally, um, looking for, for things that are going to work in, in the zoos. And it's also um, connecting with other zoos and other zoos gift shops to see what's working and what's selling for them. Um, then when the stuff comes in, receiving it, putting it out on the floor, making it look great. All right. That makes sense. Um, and do you also manage the staff of the gift shop or is that? I do. Okay. Well, I'm the, I, I am a supervisor. There okay. is a gift shop manager and sales supervisor, but I also act as a supervisor. Yeah. Wow. So many management positions in the gift shop. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> um, so, okay. So you mentioned something and I, I want to go a little deeper into this. So you said that you try to find things that relate to the animals at this zoo. Nothing drives me crazier than going to a zoo's gift shop. And seeing that it's 30% panda bears and they don't have pandas. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? Um, so how much thought do you put into that? And and what uh, what is your process for figuring out what animals in the zoo that you want to represent in the gift shop and, and all of that? Um, well, a majority of that, I would say maybe probably close to 90% of the plush that we carry are animals that we have in the zoo. Um People do look for for other animals like elephants or giraffes or pandas. So I carry a small quantity of them. Oh, which I think is totally yeah. fine, by the way. But, I mean, you're still connecting really, people to animals. We really want to focus on what we what we have, and then also we want to focus on what's going on, what's exciting. We had a baby gibbon born this year, a little Lola. Yeah, very exciting. So once when that was announced, it took a lot of phone calls, talking to different sales to see who had. A gibbon plush, but also who had a gibbon and a baby plush. And I finally found that. <laughs> it was very exciting. So, because um, we want to feature that and put that out, people are excited about that. So that's what they want to see in the gift shop. So that's really cool. And I love that. I'm, I'm confused, though. I'm kind of surprised by what you're telling me. Because it sounds like you're on a treasure hunt. Shouldn't these places be coming to you? It's so weird to me that it works backwards that way. Um, well, sales reps do reach out to us, but they don't know the zoo specifics. Um, I mean, I guess the better sales reps learn your zoo and they sure. know what your zoo is looking for, but they're not keeping up with births and what animals are coming and what animals are going. So we really need to, you need to have a good relationship with them so you can help find 
um, the animals that you need. That's really interesting. Are most of these companies working exclusively with zoos or are they also like, I know that things like Wild Republic mm-hmm. are everywhere, you right. know. Um, my buddy Red, my, my, my plush red panda that comes everywhere with me uh, is in the car today and he's a Wild Republic. Mm-hmm. And like they're everywhere. You can find them at, um, you know, Books A Million and stuff right. like that. So I get that. But in general, are the companies that you're working with mostly like zoo exclusive or are they general retail? Um. I would say most of them have general retail. There, some of them have um, departments that are solely for zoos and aquariums, um, but a lot of them will ha- have some representation in uh, in regular retail as well. Interesting. Okay, I guess that makes it make more sense because that's just so weird to me. I would think that like if you're selling necklaces of animals that are in zoos that you would want to be like, I need to get into the zoo right, right. now, you know, because I know I have a lot of friends who um, are artists who make like drawings and stickers and stuff like that, who would kill to sell their products in a zoo. I think I, I connected you with one of them. Um, and, and, you know, I, I kind of always assumed that if anything, you'd be like, you would be the gatekeeper that everybody would be sending you crap and you'd be like, no, nah, this one sucks. No, this panda's cuter. No, whatever. But it's the other way around, really. Well, no, that happens too. Oh, okay. I get a lot of samples. <laughs> a lot of samples and a lot of, di- and all di- variety of different items that people have slapped a picture of an animal on and want to sell in a zoo. <laughs> um, and some work and some don't work. We have right now air fresheners with our logo on it. That's not something I would have pursued but the vendor sent it out and said, and the design was so cute. I was like, we're going to give it a go. Let's see how it tries. So so I do get a lot of samples from all different varieties of people. You can tell me the truth. Is your entire house now just filled with samples that, you know, that's what you decorated with? No, I usually <laughs> hand them out to the staff. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's kind of you. Right. Elena's sitting next to me here and she's like, I would like to decorate right. with some samples, please. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. That's, that's all really interesting. I I find this fascinating. Um, so I think possibly the, the most challenging question that I have for you about gift shop stuff. Okay. And we're going to go deep on this Mm -hmm. one. How the heck do you not fall in love with every plush and then take it home? I do. Oh, okay. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's very challenging. What's really challenging is when I go to trade shows and um, and there's plush of animals that we don't have, like okapis, and I want to buy them, but <laughs> I cannot sell okapis. <laughs> so that is the biggest challenge. Um, but no, it is it is very, very difficult <laughs> to, to not buy one of everything. Yeah, I have a rule that if I figure out the name of the animal when I'm like in the gift shop or whatever, it has to come home with me. And I try not to, but every once in a while I'll be like, I really don't need another panda. Oh, hey, Bob. Oh, shoot. (laughs) And I cannot even imagine working in a gift shop. It's trouble. Um, I do think that, you know, gift shops are one of those things where um, there is such a variety of quality. Even at great zoos, there are really crappy gift shops. I'm not going to say any names on this podcast because I don't like burning bridges, but like there are literally some zoos that I go to and I always duck into the gift shop to like give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, nope, still kind of suck at this. And then other ones and and Akron is one of them. And, you know, since he has an amazing gift shop and stuff and they just seem focused and they seem to have some unique stuff and some cool stuff. And, um, 
I, I love that so much. I love the, because I always, I, and I've said this before on the pod. I think that when you go to the zoo, the first thing you should do is go to the gift shop mm. because you will get an idea if the buyer is good at what they do of how the zoo sees itself and what the important animals are there. And like you said, you know, if I walked in and I saw 40 Okapi and then I walk out and y'all don't have Okapi, then I know that the buyer really likes Okapi, <laughs> which you do, but um, which which doesn't really help, you know, <laughs> the, the mission. We actually have an Okapi on the carousel. I just you know, <laughs> This half of the gift shop is dedicated exclusively to the Okapi on the carousel. Is that cool, boss? Am I good? Am I wait? Why was why was I fired? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's that's really funny. Um, no, but um, and so I'm curious. Like, do you think that you have an impact on the people as they're coming in and coming out, and and their connection with the zoo through all of that? Um, definitely. I definitely think that people see the animal if they come in in the beginning, and then they were going to look for the animals. Um, and then, but certainly when they're leaving, they, if they have a good experience with an animal, that's the plush, especially kids. If that's the last animal they saw, they want to come in and that's the animal they're going to look for. What um, do you mean? Ex- especially with, with kids. Did you just insult me on my podcast? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I just mean that they get extra excited. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. <laughs> no. Um, but actually I, I recently read a thing where 40% of adults have plushes that they're connected to. And, and, um, I'm curious what your experience is like in the gift shop with, with adults. And, and if you see some of that or a lot of that, or again, am I just going to be insulted on my podcast? No, 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 no. <laughs> Adult, adults buy the plush just, uh, just as much. They're much more particular about what plush they want. Um, but yes, especially when it comes to red pandas. Just <laughs> right. And you know, that was a lovely transition okay. because, um, you know, okay, so let's talk about our history for a second. Okay. Um, how did you find, because you are a podcast fan. I am. You are a big fan of the Rasafari podcast. Absolutely. You have been a huge part of it. You are, uh, so for Zoo News every week, I clear the list of names of, of, you know, the people who contribute. And there are three of you who I just leave on because I know that you're going to contribute. And even if you don't send something that week, I always have a backlog of stories that I haven't used that I, you know, in case I'm light one week and you probably are the person who sent me one of those. So I literally just don't even delete your name from the list. It said every week regardless. Um, And I super appreciate that by the way. Thank you. But so um, yeah. So tell me about like how you found the pod and, and how, if you remember how we first started chatting. Um, I don't remember. I listened to a few different animal podcasts and I had seen it. I probably saw you on Instagram. Um, a couple other people that I, you know, I follow that just take pictures of animals and stuff like that. And the zookeepers that I follow. Um, and that's probably how I came across it. And I know that I had kind of listened to a few, but then I think that you had Luke Mears, Lucas Mears from the Okapi Conservation yes, Project Lucas on. is amazing. And then I said, oh, wait, I got to listen to that. And I thought this was fantastic. And I remember that I listened to it twice in a row. <laughs> um, so I was like, this is, is absolutely fantastic. And then I just loved it. And you started the Zoo News around that time or after that time. And you know I love the Zoo News. Yeah, you're really Very into the exciting. Zoom news. Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember the first time I posted a poll and I asked people what they like more, the interviews or the, the, mm-hmm. the Zoom news. And it was literally, I was just curious, like, what's more popular? And you were like, you cannot get rid of Zoom news. I was like, oh, 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm not. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, you started reaching out to me about you know zoo news stuff and everything. Right. Um, and you were you were so excited when you got this job. I was very excited, thrilled. Yeah. Yes, um, and I remember you were telling me about it, and I was like, "This is really cool." Right. Well, it was like your story is a big part of you know part of the reason why I pursued a career in a zoo. Um, and also, you know, the many zookeepers I follow online, like Jungle Jordan, and there's just so many that really inspired me because I'm like, I want to be a part of that. I don't know how. And I know, like, you're, the way you're as a musician as a part of it is doing this podcast. So I thought, oh, I could do this. What, my, what skills can I bring to help the zoo? And so then it was very, it's very exciting every day to know that all of my hard work is benefiting the animals that live here and the conservation work that the Akron Zoo does. Yeah, I love that so much, and I love that the podcast inspired you. That that really means a lot to me. When you told me that, uh, I was like, what? Is, what? What? Oh, my God. That's so weird. Shut up. But say it again. Like, yeah, no, that was very cool. Um, and so we started chatting, and I told you that I have a problem with, with Red Panda stuff, which is in particular that it is always made for children and girls. And I don't say that in a, like— you know, oh, it's pink because I will wear the hell out of a pink shirt and I will rock that. I have a pink red panda shirt from, I want to say, Cleveland. And I wear that and with, yeah, I look great. Right. I look great in that shirt. But I mean, it is women's sizes, women's cuts, women's can't pull cuts. it off. It's right. it's a real problem. Yeah. Um, and and you were able to start to address that here. So so tell me about that a little bit. Um, it is true. And it, 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 is, it is a challenge, especially with clothing. It's mostly geared towards... Um, girls and like ladies cut shirts. A lot of the companies, I bring it up with every shirt company I work with. Um, but some of our shirt companies that, that I order from, some of them have like a set design and then they just add Akron Zoo in it. And like any zoo could get that design. But some of them have like a base design and you could work with it and design it around. You could pick the animal, you could pick what it says and stuff. So I did make sure that was the first thing I did. One of the first things I did as a buyer was buying clothes was making sure I had gender neutral red panda shirts. Yes. <laughs> you very specifically were like, right. this is inspired by, by you. you. And I'm like, right. ah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I love having a shirt that I got to help inspire. Right. And so that's something I think a lot of people don't realize because like zoos do have a lot of the same merch, mm -hmm. but also a lot of different merch and like variety of like, you know, that might be the same shirt with the same animal, but one's mustard and one's orange and one has, right. you know, obviously the different zoo logos and stuff. But how much say do you get in at least some of the products? Like you got to design that shirt a little bit, right? Um, Break that down for me. Well, I, as the buyer, I get all the say. <laughs> in I almost just fell out of my chair, y'all. That's what that laugh was for. <laughs> Whew, all right. Well, as the buyer, I really get all the say in what shirts I buy. I mean, obviously I partner with my boss sometimes about stuff, but, um, I order from a variety of t-shirt companies because people are looking for a variety of things. So some people wanted to just say Akron Zoo and like be screaming Akron Zoo. Some people want something more subtle. So I use several different companies, some that have those set designs that are really cool looking. Um, and then some that give me more, more choice as to what it's going to say, what animal I'm going to feature. Um, so yeah, I get, I get a lot of say in that. <laughs> that part of it when I, when I order from those companies. Right. But when you are doing the ones that are like where you get to customize them a little bit, how right. much, you know, how much is, is this like a creative thing for you or is it a pure, like, 
I know that 50% of the people like red pandas. I'm going to get a red panda shirt. Like how much do you get into that kind of thing? Well, I definitely, I, I decide what animal that I'm looking for. Um, it depends if they have that animal, if they can make that animal. Sure, sure. And of course, everyone I'm telling, I need more red panda stuff. You need, you know, more red panda stuff. But um, it's like snow leopards are also another one that's hard to find for t-shirts too. So that's, those are the two that I'm always like, if you could come up with a better design for that. So, but other than that, what, you know, I design, I try to have make sure that I don't have too many tiger shirts, too many lion shirts. Right, right. You know. I'm asking more about the individual shirts, though. Do you feel like it's a creative thing for you? Do you feel well, like feel when, like, it is creative, creatively I, fulfilled? Really, yeah, that's really, what I'm going uh, Yes, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, I do. I do like like talking to them about, you know, what it's going to say and, and where it's going to, how it's going to fit on the shirt. Um, so it, it, it is fun to help to work with the companies to design those shirts. Okay, cool. That's awesome. I think that's so cool. And I don't think, I don't think, I bet you that nobody listening to this podcast, including my audience of zookeepers who work with people and, and go to their gift shop all the time, realize that like you all have a say in that, which I think is, is really cool, you know? Um, and so talk to me a little bit about like what sells, like as far as plush versus jewelry versus um, shirts versus knickknacks for, you know, whatever. Um, well, plush is by far the number one. And I'm sure that would be true of any zoo and aquarium gift shop. We do really, really well with apparel, with shirts. Um, after that, it, you know, toys, we, we try to keep our gift shop more geared towards children and family. Um, some gift shops are a little bit more boutique like, and, and that's just not what our crowd is looking for. And this is where we find the most success. I mean, obviously we have some jewelry, we have some other, um, other things that are, you know, more geared towards adults, but we try to really focus on what kids are looking for when they come in. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that also explains why I like the gift shop so much, because again, I am a giant child. Okay. I, I do, I do kind of keep getting insulted on my podcast. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, um, and so, um, you know, speaking of being a podcast fan, you had an experience the other day that I'd, I'd love you to share with my audience. Oh, yes. I was in the gift shop. It was very, very busy. And I was talking to two of my coworkers and someone came up and said, you know, John. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Who? What? Um, and then they're like, from the podcast, you're Colleen from the podcast, from Ross Safari. I said, yes, I am. And they were really lovely. I think you said their name was Emily because she did not tell me her name. Yes, yes, Emily. But she was a big fan of the podcast. She's like, you know, you're on Zoo News. And I'm like, yes, I am. So I did tell her. She got the heads up that I was going to actually be a guest. Yes, I know. You're giving spoilers here. I need to start having you guys sign NDAs now because you're off getting famous. (laughs) But she said that she was a fan of the podcast and she had never been to the Akron Zoo and came to the Akron Zoo because of the podcast. Yeah, which I love. And that was actually, the funny thing about that was, that was one of two experiences of that happening that day. Because up at Southwick's Zoo, another podcast fan reached out to um, Emily up there and also to Danny, but Danny wasn't working that day, and connected with her and we're hanging out. And I'm like, what is happening? This is so cool. Um, And I just, I love that because I love that it's such a community. And I love that, like, you're not even a guest. You're, you're, You're on there every day. But here's the other funny part. I don't think I told you this. I'm not sure. You had another person looking for you that week. Oh, no. Um, yeah, I had uh, one of my patrons, uh, and, and she's become a very good friend, Kristen Khalil, uh, was here. Okay. 
and was like, I want to meet Colleen from Zoo News. <laughs> and she was like, ah, I don't see her in the gift shop, and, and I don't want to, like, ask and bug people. Oh, so she, she didn't. she should have just asked. But she said the next time that she comes here, she texted me today because okay. I told her I was in her, and she said, the next time that I'm there, you tell her I'm coming and hunting her down, and we're going to chat. So okay. this is – it's just so cool to see the community forming in such weird and unique ways. Right. And, like, again – who would have thought when you got a job at a gift shop that, you know, you'd be on a zoo podcast and that you'd be meeting people from the, and it's just, I don't know. I just, I find the whole thing so kind of cool. Now you don't, just, and I say the word just very loosely because obviously the gift shop is amazing and important, right. but you don't just do that. You've also started doing some social media stuff here. Yes. Talk I've about been that. I've on the social media team and I'm very excited to do that. Um, so we have a team of us meet once, once a month about, and just to support the marketing team because they have so many other things to do besides social media. I know. They keep getting these emails from podcasters <laughs> being like, hey. So we you know, we brainstorm about ideas. We talk about what's planned for the next month. And then we um, we go out and, and film some of the, the, the things for them so that they have they can they have the stuff ready to post. Um, so I have gotten my my gift shop team all into it. Um, I was assigned the Star Wars Day video. And I don't know if you saw it, but it was epic. What do you mean you don't know if I saw it? You sent it to me. Oh, that's right. You okay. literally were like, John, I want to make sure you didn't miss this. I had already seen it, but <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, I saw so, Got to give credit to Gift Shop Mike. I knew that he's a big Star Wars fan. So as soon as I got the assignment, I called him and I said, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. And so he really ran with it and edited it and everything. But so much fun. It was but pretty great. Also, I'm also um, on a huge Star Wars kick right now, right, so that hit pretty hard. Right. So yeah, that yeah. was a lot of fun to do. And then also on our TikTok, we have some uh, – Eric, who also works in the gift shop with me, can do voices. So now we do little puppets telling dad jokes. So, and it's just fun. And it's it's great to be a part of that and to help, you know, the zoo build up their followers and their brand, but also, you know, to take the load off the marketing team. Awesome. I love that. Elena's <laughs> cheering beautiful. next I to mean, me. The, the social media team is, it's me. It's, there's some keepers and some people from education. It's just a whole bunch of different people from the zoo. Who actually does the posts on social media? The marketing team. The Elena. marketing team. Yeah. Elena. Okay. Elena. <laughs> I thought so. I, I just, I was yeah. just curious because I, I, I always find it interesting. Um, you know, I think that's actually a kind of cool thing to touch on a little bit is like, you know, a zoo's official social media page right. sounds very important. Um, but really you couldn't do that kind of stuff without a huge team helping because getting content is a lot of work, right? Yes, yeah. It is a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, kind of going along with that work and, and being around the animals for that. Um, I don't know if people fully understand the emotional connection that non keepers at a zoo can have with an animal. So, um, recently there was a snow leopard that passed away here and I know that was tough. And we talked about it on zoo news and you and I had a chat about it and I was so blown away by everything you said about it. So if you could just share a little bit about what your experience was like and your emotional connection in that moment, I would really appreciate it. Okay. So Shanti was our snow leopard. Um, she was a wonderful snow leopard had lots of cubs, um, and we knew that she was in palliative care, so we knew it was coming. Um, we had gotten an email earlier in the week, this was in December, that, you know, it's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, 
And then about a half hour before the zoo's holiday Christmas party, we got the news that she had passed, um, which is, I'm going to get teared up talking about it. It was very, very emotional because she was very loved. So I can tell you when we were walking down to our cafe for our holiday party, which was very subdued, I mean, we passed keepers that were coming from the Snow Leopard um, building in tears. Um, so when we sat down, the holiday party turned into a memorial for Shante with people, everybody standing up, our CEO, um, all standing up, just telling, relating stories about her. I mean, it was just very emotional and it was really beautiful. It was sad. There was a lot of tears, a lot of crying, but it was really beautiful to see like this memorial for, for this snow leopard, you know, like really just how much she touched so many people and how loved she was. Um, it was just a really beautiful thing to be a part of as heartbreaking as it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you weren't just connected with her, but like you really love, I mean, you've dropped animal names, I think twice, three times now on this podcast. You, you get to know these animals. How do you build those connections? Um, that any chance I get to walk through the zoo, I do. Not <laughs> you get to get in for free. Uh, well, you know, if we have a new 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 team members, always get a zoo tour, and I always volunteer to do the zoo tour. Oh, nice! See, that's just you and <laughs> I'll I have do it. You, I'll make that sacrifice. You and I have both learned how to hack the system. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not paying to get in here today. I got my little visitor right. badge on. We have we have learned how to hack this Listen, system. I'm, I'm on very the proud social of media team. Sometimes <laughs> I need to go out right. and hang yeah. out with the animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, see, that's just brilliant. So. But and you really do like everyone at a zoo connects with the animals. It's not just the keepers, right? right? It's not just, you know, the PR team. Sure, they get to do a lot of, um, you know, marketing does a lot with the animals right. and stuff. But you're, again, in the gift shop and right. you're like crying over a snow leopard. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love that so much. I think that's, I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that every job at a zoo is a passion project. Absolutely. Everyone always talks about how keepers, and I mean, look, my podcast always oh, talks about how keeping is a right. passion project, you know, but you're involved in a passion project and that's yes. really cool. And, and I, I just, I wanted to highlight that for my listeners. I think that's very cool. And, you know, going along with that, you said that you, um, one thing that you love about this gig is that you get to help the animals in the mission. Mm-hmm. How, how does the gift shop help well, all of that? A hundred percent of all the revenue from the gift shop goes directly back to the zoo. So all any all the profits we make go to the zoo, which is not the case in all the gift shops and aquariums and other gift shops in, in zoos and aquariums or and gift shops anywhere. There are some that they have an outside company run it, and so they only get a percentage. Um, and I guess there's pros and cons to that. I really wouldn't know. But in our gift shop, a hundred percent of the sales go right back to the animals. So... And then also, you know, like I said, we have a few different sustainable free trade things. So I get to help with that conservation, too, by decisions I make about what product I'm bringing in. Awesome. That's really cool. And, yeah, I, I, I think that um, I think it's important for people to realize that, that, you know, gift shops aren't a cash grab. Yeah. That money goes back to the zoo, goes back to the animals. If you think about what it costs to feed the animals here and what the admission is here, yeah, I'm not sure the numbers always add up 100%, you know, and there are obviously other ways to get money and stuff. But um, 
but yeah, I think it's important that people realize that the, the gift shop, you know, when, if you are looking to do charity work and make donations, you should go buy yourself a new red panda shirt. At least that's what I tell myself every time I do it. I don't know. It's for a good cause. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so what's your favorite animal here? My favorite animal. I stumped you with that one. Oh. Um, I really like Dominic the Mountain Chicken Frog. <laughs> um, and I love Tamar the Lion, I uh, one of our lions. I, I don't know. I, I just love them all. I don't know. Um, the lemurs are so much fun. Um, Ty, our snow leopard, um, and Mila. I've only seen her a little bit because she's shy. But um, yeah, so I don't that I could pick one animal. Okay, this is hilarious to me because every keeper I talk to is like, look, we're not supposed to have favorites, but uh, this is my favorite. And you're actually allowed to have favorites and you're like, I don't know. We don't have any copies, so I don't know. <laughs> we have no copy on the carousel. <laughs> if you said that your favorite animal at this zoo was a carousel animal, you might get fired. I'm just <laughs> warning you now. <laughs> I have a photograph of me and the Okapi on the carousel from before I worked here. Nice. Where I asked the person working the carousel, could I jump on real quick and just take a picture with the Okapi on the carousel? <laughs> I actually, Kristen, the person who I, I mentioned who's going to come say hi right. to you, told, told me the other day when she was here, she was like, you know, there's a red panda on the carousel. I was like, yeah. And she's like, why do you not have a picture right. with the red panda on the carousel? And I was like, I have pictures of me with actual red pandas <laughs> on my shoulders. You should get a picture with the carousel. One. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> So um, is there anything else that you would like to tell people about the Akron Zoo or the gift shop? Oh, it's just a wonderful place to work. I mean, everybody here has been really awesome and supportive. I, I would, more than just the Akron Zoo, that I would tell people there's so many jobs in the zoo that are not zookeepers. And so if you have that passion for animals, but maybe don't have the skill set or don't think being a zookeeper is for you. And if you've ever met my son, Conyer, you would know that I am not very good at training animals. <laughs> um, so, but there's so many positions there. There's marketing and finance and IT and electricians. There's so many jobs within the zoo that you can be a part of the zoo's efforts and conservation by bringing your skill set into the zoo. So. That's a really important message. Yeah. I love it. Very cool. Are there any conservation organizations that you'd like to give a shout out to? I would give a shout out to the Okapi Conservation Project. Now, wait, hold on. Is this the one that works with the real ones or is this the ones that's just conserving Okapis on carousels <laughs> around the nation? <laughs> just need to check. Right. Well, this is the real one okay. working <laughs> in the Democratic Republic of Congo. I really love the work that they, the Okapi Conservation Project does not just for Okapis, but for the people who share the Atori rainforest with them. Um, they're very supportive of the people, and that is really what conservation needs to be. Um, so I just think they're a really great organization. I love that. And actually, before we get to the final story, um, I have one more question that I just thought of. When you go to other zoos, and I know you go to other I zoos. I spend my days off at zoos. Yes. Of course you do, yes. Um are you now like super critical of the gift shops and do you like go in or do you get really excited when you see something you're like, I need to get that? A little bit of both. Okay. Do you actually still go see the animals or do you just hang out in gift shops? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I only hit the gift shop at the end if I, if I have time. I'm telling you, you've got to go at the beginning. It, it's, it's eye-opening. I know, but I'll get too distracted by what they have and the prices and what company it's from. And 
Fair. I actually, uh, and one other thing before we, we get to the end here, I wanted to, um, I wanted you to share the story of the non-existent red panda necklace. See, it's really fun that you and I have this connection. We can right. tell some of these kind of inside baseball things. Um, well, that's another thing. It is hard to find. We sell a lot of pendants and there's a lot of things available with animals, but they're all geared to more feminine things and not gender neutral or masculine things. And that is one thing, finding a red panda necklace is, and I know that you want one in a five pound one. I have brought it up to several jewelry companies. Oh, and there's that one brand. Right. That does, they are, they are very gender neutral. Yes. I would even say some of them lean more masculine. Yeah. Um, and they make all these different, different animals. I mean, talk about some of the species that they have. You would know better than me, but uh, it gets weird. They have a lot of very specific animals, specific tortoises and, um, every kind everything. of sea turtle Creatures, I know. Yeah. And like, yeah, it gets weird how specific they are. They have a Mingshan Viper, yes. you know, like, yeah. And I know we have some, of, I know we have some of their jewelry. And I actually did speak to one of their sales rep. Um, and they did come out with a similar one. I would still, um, bracelet and necklace, which I don't know if you've been down to the gift shop. I did send you a picture. Yeah, yeah, no, but I don't know. it's not it quite what you're looking for. Um, so I did say we really need to get that. If you had that in Red Panda, I would buy it. I do not understand how this brand, I'm so annoyed that they make like animals that you haven't heard of. Right. And, and they do, they, they have, you know, narwhal. You've never right. seen a narwhal in a zoo. They are selling to zoos. Right. And I promise you, you've never seen a narwhal in a zoo. A zoo. Right. And yet they cannot get a stinking red panda necklace. Yeah. But I love that I had you literally talk to the buyers. I absolutely (laughs) Trying to influence the industry any way I can. person that wants one. No, just the most important. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And with all of that, it is now time. It's time now, don't you know? We've come to the end of the show. But there's one tale left to go. You're gonna laugh and say, oh no. It's time for the Ron Safari Poop Story. Well, in the gift shop, we sell something called the Original Poo. So I have wolf poo and flamingo poo and otter poo and penguin poo, all for you to enjoy. Okay, wait. It's delicious. Wait, wait, wait. It's delicious? It's delicious. You eat poo. You eat poo, yes. I'm very confused right now. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, we don't carry red panda poo, but I did tell the company, if you're going to add more animals, can we get some red panda poo? So for people who are listening who are confused, uh, explain what this actually is. (laughs) You're not Um, eating poop. (laughs) I don't want people walking away being like, what the hell? Did she say she's eating poop? I'm confused. It is candy. It's actually actually really cute packaged cotton candy. It comes with a vinyl sticker. And it's really neat. And it does taste really good. It is really fresh. But yes, it is poo. <laughs> you are now the second person who's done a poop story. Poop story. About um, eating poop. But right. at least yours was uh, <laughs> yours was cotton candy, whereas Gunjan Menon's was tasting red panda poop out in the wild, as I'm sure you remember. So awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's oh, been thanks fun. thanks for having me. It was such a treat to have Colleen on the podcast as more than just, uh, you know, a name at the end of Zoo News. Um, although, you know, hey, Colleen, keep keep sending those things. You're making my life easier. Oh, and also, Colleen, if you're doing that thing where you got in your own head so didn't actually listen to the interview and just listened to the intro and outro, now you stop that and you go back and listen because you did a great job, okay? Go listen to your interview. 
You should be proud of it. Now, for everyone else, if you would like to check out the Akron Zoo, you can go to akronzoo.org or at Akron Zoo on social media. I especially want to take a moment to say thanks to Elena Bell, who does the PR and marketing there and um, is just such an ally of the podcast, always hooks me up oftentimes when I'm like, oh, hey, I'm going to be in town tomorrow. Can we do something? Somehow makes it work and is just such a wonderful person to spend time with. You heard her a little bit in the podcast, kind of in the background there. Um, and so, Elena, just thank you for supporting the mission here. I appreciate you very much. I also want to take a moment to say thanks to Laura Shank, my Red Panda level patron, and remind y'all that if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash Safari. Patrons actually get exclusive access to bonus audio from some episodes, including this one. We spent some extra time with Colleen talking about something called the AZA's Zoo School, so check it out if you're a patron, and if you're not, there's a reason to become one. And last but not least, if you were going to get a stuffed credits at a gift shop and you did it backwards, then you would have Steiderk Defts. The Ross Safari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Vesley Gross. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.